0: Thank you. It's, it's great to be here this morning. Um, how many have enjoyed the conference so far? Hasn't it been incredible? Wow. I, I love baby dedications. I don't know what it is. I, I feel like I'm a big softy, especially this season. Um, man. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Whew. It's going to be a good This is going to be a good morning. It's already been a good morning. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a really good morning this morning. You know, it's funny. I, I didn't even realize this, but I felt like the Lord was like, I want you to bring your, your workout water bottle. And I'm like, why would I do that? Then I realized it's the flash symbol. It's a lightning bolt on it. I thought, I thought all right, all right, God. You know, um, <laughs> it's funny. I, I know. There's so many familiar faces again, and it's so awesome to be here. It really, it's an honor. Thank you. I, it feels like family, and it is family. And um, I, I'm just inspired every time I come. Um, and the reason being is, you know, if you don't know who I am, um, me and my wife Kristen, we have a ministry called Voice of Revival, and we travel across this amazing nation believing God for revival in Canada. And I can tell you this as Canadians we are closer now to breakthrough than we've ever been before. There are more people getting saved right now all over this amazing nation, and God is pouring out his spirit across this incredible country with miracles, signs, wonders. How we know Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he never changes, amen? And, and every time I come here, there's just so much hope. I grew up in this area. I, I, you know, I, I was born in Abbotsford. Some of you, you know my dad, Charlie Robinson. And he says hi. By the way, he's in Kelowna right now with my mom, and uh, and he and he says this to tell you: if you've seen the son, you've seen the father. <laughs> Come on, you can laugh in church. <laughs> But just living here and seeing what the Lord's done and seeing you here, your best days are ahead of you, not behind you. And seeing all of our American friends, new friends, it gives me hope because we're stronger together. And there's more of us than what we think. And my word today is, I I got a powerful, I know I got a word of the Lord today. I woke up, um, and it was just so crystal clear. I actually, last night, something happened for me personally. It was amazing. Just such a sweet presence of the Lord. And the Lord told me, he said, I want to speak to you something very clear this morning for the church. And it's not just a word for this church. I believe it's a word for Canada in this season. That we're about to take back the inheritance that was stolen from us. And, and it's, I, I believe that our God is a God of restoration. And that anytime the enemy tries to come against you... I believe when you catch a thief, he has to repay sevenfold, meaning if the enemy's after your kids, you have the authority and the right not just to believe for your kids to get saved and restored, but other people's kids to get saved and restored. If you've got issues in your body today, Jesus wants to heal you, and not just that, you're going to see all these other people healed, and you're going to give the enemy a headache in this next season, amen? And so when I woke up, I heard this whole thing of the restoration of inheritance, and then I heard something interesting. I'm going to get into a second because I have a couple words for some people here before I go in. Um, but the Lord spoke to me to get ready. The church is going to overcome the spirit of Jezebel this year. In the valley, the spirit of Jezebel is about to be broken. And what do I mean by that? Here's what the Lord said. There's been an assignment against leaders, and especially fathers and mothers in the faith, in the time when they're coming into the place where there's about to be a greater breakthrough and a greater releasing of inheritance for the sons and daughters, we notice certain things that take place. I don't know if you've seen this, but it's like we go through seasons where it's not just one leader getting attacked. It's multiple leaders at the same time getting attacked. Can I tell you something, friends? It's an assignment of a Jezebel spirit that is assigned to try to take out leaders to rob people of their inheritance. Because the devil and hear me out on this don't get offended by this the devil is okay if you have breakthrough he's terrified of you transferring that breakthrough to your children and your children's children the devil's okay with us having good meetings but he's terrified of those things translating into your kids and your grandkids that's why I love baby dedications I love it and the reason being is that they're there, you guys. I'm telling you. You want to talk about, it puts the fear of God in the enemy? Babies. Do you know why? It's the original judgment against the enemy. When Satan was judged by God, he said, you're going to bruise her head, but her, sorry, you're going to bruise her heel, but her seed, say seed, her seed will crush your head. Your seed will crush your head. You want to talk about fear in the enemy? Every time a baby is born, it brings fear into the devil. That's why there's an attack against life. Because the devil knows, even sometimes greater than the church, the importance of your seed. That's why Proverbs 13.22 needs to be a life verse for all of us. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. I'm not preaching. But I will drink out of my lightning bottle. On, <laughs> Where's wi- Willis? Where are you at, man? I want to uh, barbecue. He's barbecuing. He's serving. But I want to pray. Did you know it's Willis's? Yeah, it's Willis's birthday today? And I thought, you know what, man, God's got a word for me. I didn't even know. Lord spoke and said, I got a word from him and you know what, he's going to get a birthday word today. Amen. But before that though, I want to pray over you, Stacy. Oh, yeah. Oh, shatara baba. Man, God so loves you. I'll tell you something right now. I see you, you you're one who stands in the gap. Whew. And I and I see you in your intercession standing in the gap for those that have almost given up the fight. And I, and I see you in prayer. And I, and I felt like the Lord was saying this. Get ready, Stacy. So there's an army of prayer warriors that are about to rise up in this next season. That God is saying, you're not going to fight this thing alone. But there's an army of prayer that's being released. And I feel like you've stood in the gap. And you've been praying. And you've been seeing breakthrough for other people. But get ready for this. There's something that's happening right now where the prayer warriors are going to rise up like never before. And it's something that's in your heart. You've been praying and contending for it. That God says, get ready for the spirit of prayer to move like never before, that there's an army of prayer that's rising up in this next season that there's going to be so many people coming for morning prayer, for afternoon prayer, for night prayer, they're going to be praying night and day and there's something in your heart that there's like a continual place of prayer and worship that the Lord's going to release through you there's all these dreams and desires just to pray, to pray, to pray, and God says get ready you've been praying for the harvest, it's about to come in in this next season, the harvest the harvest, the harvest, even over your own family, God says there's a harvest that's being released over your family family salvations being released now in Jesus name but also I see other people and their kids and their families that you've been contending for that God says get ready for this church there's about to be family revival and family harvest that's coming in sons and daughters are coming back in Jesus name and I see right now that you've been contending for the hard hearts to become soft and God says get ready for that oil to be released over the children and the children's children in Jesus name and he's strengthening you Stacy, in this season he's strengthening your hands and your knees to stand and see the salvation of the Lord. That God says you have done well and he's strengthening you and there's more for you than what you think. I can see the angelic army that's behind you and that you're releasing out angelic assistance everywhere that you go. That this is going to be a year of incredible breakthrough in Jesus' name. Man, if you go to this church. oh, Oh, it gets quiet now. You go to this church and you're committed to revival, you need to pray. Can I tell you one thing I've realized with every revival? Every single revival I've ever read about always started in prayer. Always, always started in prayer, always started in a place of, you know what, it might even be a little bit uncomfortable for us, maybe we need to take some time, maybe we got to wake up a little bit earlier. I'll tell you something, revival always starts with the people that are hungry for prayer. They don't wait to have a service. They say, God, we want you right now, whatever it takes. And I feel that there's an emergence of prayer that's being released in this church. How many believe me and say amen? amen? Willis! Stand up, man! Happy birthday! (laughs) You know me, I love you. You're a good man. You know, the Bible talks about many people talk about their own goodness, um, but who can find a faithful friend? And Willis, You've, you have been found faithful. And I see the Lord, he's, um, it's Isaiah 22, 22. He's closing doors that no man can open, and he's opening doors no man can close. And I feel like the Lord is saying he's closing old doors in this season, and he's opening up brand new ones. And I, and I feel like the Lord is saying right now is that he, he is closing, and I, and I want you to get this, he's closing... I see the doors of the past, and he's opening up the new doors of the future for you, and I see that there's these double doors of favor that are opening up for you right now, and I I feel like the Lord is saying, this is even going to be a season of refreshment for you, and that as you've refreshed others, you yourself will be refreshed, and there's even, there's something happening in your body, too, that the Lord wants to touch you, and a renewing of your energy, because there's been some things that have been going on in your body that are about to come into alignment right now in Jesus, and I speak healing over this body from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, and I thank you that there is going to be a fresh energy as he wakes up. He's going to be refreshed and there's even a new season of clarity that's coming, Willis, like never before right now for you. And I see you, Willis, in your heart. I I, I see your heart to serve and you just, want to, you just want to be where God is. That's all you care about. And here's the word for you. It's the word that, it's the promise that my dad received. It's the same promise that you carry. When it strikes, you will be there. Willis, when it strikes, you will be there. When it strikes, you will be there. That's all you've ever wanted is to be in the room where God's at. And God's that that is your promise and you will see it happen and you will see the revival that God promised you in the the secret place. You will see the young people, I'm telling you, and the fatherless receive fathers and that your hearts cry to see those who have not been in family come into family. I see all the young people that have never had a dad that God is saying, Willis, get ready. You're going to raise up an army of fathers. Then you're called to raise up an army of fathers, an army of fathers, an army of fathers. Everywhere you go, you're going to be a man that's going to raise up fathers. Your legacy will be all about fathers, 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 fathers. Lord, I thank you. Lord, that there's going to be keys of strategy over men. Turning them from boys to men. Isn't that a band? There is right now an ability to turn boys to men. There's a lot of There's a lot of boys in grown men's bodies that God is going to use you to shift them into men, into their identity. And where they've been stunted in the natural, you're called to break it open and release that spiritual inheritance and the blessing of the Father. So Father, we release it over him. And we honor him today. We strengthen him. Lord, we thank you for strength coming into his body. We thank you, Lord, that this season, wow, like David said, I would have fainted had I not believed. I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm telling you, you're going to see the goodness. You're going to see the glory of the Lord in the land of the living. And for your boys, God says, you've been kending for all your kids. All your kids will walk with the Lord all the days of their life. They're going to walk with the Lord. They're going to walk with the Lord. And God says that there will be none missing. God says, none missing, none missing. They'll all step into promise. As I've called you into the promised land, I've called you, Linda, in the promised land. All your boys will be in the promised land. And I thank you that there's a transition even for this family. They're moving from glory to glory, from strength to strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Shoot. You know what I love about Willis? He goes right back. By the way, just to let you know, I'm going to invite you to the most epic barbecue potluck of your life. I heard even Kevin he's going to sing this afternoon. <laughs> now that would be revival. I've got, I've got one more word. There's a, there was a gentleman worshiping over here. You had a hat on. I think you were sitting here last night on on this right side. Where are you? There's someone here. Man, am I calling people out that aren't even in the room today? Okay, he might, there he is, right over here. Yeah, Lord, I thank you for this guy. Here's what God says God's put an evangelistic heart on you, and you're called to raise up champions. People that feel like they can't even believe in themselves. God said you're going to see the golden people even when they can't see it. And that there's something about, even for yourself, that you're about to carry a Father's blessing from this season forward. And you're going to see the chains of addiction broken off a generation. That God's going to use you to break off chains. And there's something about the power of your testimony that's going to inspire people. What God's done in you, he's going to do in other people. And I see you picking people out of the hedges of life where they feel trapped in addiction. They feel trapped in brokenness. And they don't know how to get out. There's an anointing on you to set the captives free, that you are called to operate in evangelism and to see many, many people get saved in this next season. And I see you, I see you going out and being just like Jesus, where he was led with compassion, he healed the sick. I see you going out in with a heart, like a compass of compassion, going into divine appointments where the Lord's going to use you. And as you open up your mouth, you're going to see some of the toughest dudes get radically saved in this next season. I see people coming out of gangs that God's going to use you in. I see people that have come out of hard situations that, that you're Going to give a word and it's gonna break off all the fear off their life, all the torment off their life, and you're gonna see so many people come into the kingdom in this next season. It's part of your heart. You've got a heart to see souls come in. This is a year of harvest for you. And so Lord, we just release it right now. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the harvesters. We thank you for the laborers that are being sent out. They're being thrusted into the harvest. And Lord, I thank you for my brother. Lord I thank you that he's gonna see many, many people get saved in this next season. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I I don't want to go long today because, to be honest, I'm hungry. (laughs) I heard there's a potluck. Um, But I will say this, though. There is a, this whole week has been so strategic. And I feel like this whole week has been a realignment of priorities and adjustments. And what we're finding is important. and, And I think this is really good for the church. This is really healthy. Is you know, we're talking about things that need to be talked about especially in this season, because how many want to make it long-term, amen? It's not about starting strong, it's about finishing strong. You know, I I get the privilege, um, just a little bit of a a background of myself, I get the privilege of working with professional athletes. I was the NBA chaplain for the All-Star Game uh, in Toronto. I, I get to work with MVPs of the NBA, I've worked with MVPs of the NHL. And I'll tell you something about athletics. The truth is, most players... You know, you realize this really quickly. It's not about how strong you start. It's about how strong you finish. And I feel like in this next season, we need to be way more legacy minded than about our own personal gain. And I feel more than ever that God is releasing the heart of family. And this is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, Samuel, it is going to take the heart of family to destroy the spirit of Jezebel in this season. It's going to take family to destroy the devouring spirit. And I said, God, what do you mean by the spirit of Jezebel? And here's what the Lord spoke to me. He said, Samuel, the spirit of Jezebel is a devouring spirit that goes after people's inheritance. And we see that with Jezebel and Naboth's vineyard. When all of a sudden, Ahab wanted to take or purchase Naboth's vineyard. You know what Naboth said? He said, far be it for me to give up my inheritance. This is something that was given to me. It's an inheritance. And what we see happen is Jezebel devises a plan to steal and to kill Naboth and remove the inheritance from him. Can I tell you something, friends, right now? The devil is after your inheritance. Again, he's okay with you having good meetings, but he's terrified of a church leaving an inheritance for their children's children. And we see in this time of Israel, we're in leadership. You guys, this is the, in the leadership of the nation. There's massive corruption. How many feel like there's a little bit of corruption? In leadership, even maybe in Canada. Just being very real. How many know God wants to see our nation glorious and free? And I'm not trying to be political, but I will say this, though. I will say, God wants to see things shift in this season in all areas of our life. And we see in Israel that there's corruption. We see that there's a King Ahab and there's Jezebel and there's all this stuff that's going on. Now, usually when I talk about Jezebel, it gets really quiet. I didn't even want to talk about this, to be honest. I don't like talking about Jezebel because you have two groups. You have the prophetic warriors. When you talk about Jezebel, they go into like Zena warrior tongues. La, 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 la. You know what I'm talking about. They go straight crazy. Ninja tongues. <laughs> then you have the other group that's like, oh, no, he's the Jezebel guy. I know this. I see it on faces. Eye rolls, great. By the way, if you didn't know this, one of the rebukes against the churches in Revelation chapter 2 was that they tolerated Jezebel. You know how they tolerated Jezebel? It's not a, listen, it's not the spirit of Jezebel, like a person it's the fruit of Jezebel, which is this it's idolatry and witchcraft. And they're in our churches, by the way. And you know what we've done? We've taken idols and we put them behind pulpits. And the second thing is witchcraft, and the highest form of witchcraft is Christians speaking negative against Christians. And it's taking out leaders we don't realize that life and death is in the power of the tongue. We need to stand with friends. And I, I, I'm telling you, you know what Jesus said? He said something powerful. He said, I won't have to judge you. He said, your own words will judge you. You know what I realized in this season? We have to stop. I love what Brent said. We have to stop sharing, airing our opinion. We need to stop as leaders when we don't have the answer. We need to be humble enough and mature enough to say, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Instead of trying to feed the demand of people, what's your stance on this? Can I, can I tell you something? There's sometimes where you might have to say, I don't know. And, or if you know what's right, you need to speak up and say, this isn't right. Yeah, come on. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like God wants to give a backbone back to the church. Man, if you ever met my wife, Kristen, whew, she's from Quebec. I'll tell you something, once you go French, you never go back. Let me just tell you that right now. I'd rather someone speak to me in my face than someone talk about me behind my back. And it takes no faith to criticize You know what family does? Family is willing to risk relationship. They are. And talk about tough decisions because they value the relationship so much that they're willing to go to places that make people uncomfortable. Because that's what family does. And we see something here. It's amazing because God raises up in the midst of corruption. We're seeing we're seeing Ahab and Jezebel, and they're doing all these atrocities, and Israel is in a terrible state. God raises up this massive prophet named Elijah. He comes on the scene out of nowhere. And talk about crazy. Here's this guy. He's got no issues with fear of man. He's, he's like the wild dude that comes into churches. Like, can I tell you, you know what Elijah would be doing in here? Are you kidding me? You think our worship is loud? Are you kidding? That dude would be rocking around this place. I mean, he would be the craziest flag waving, shofar blowing. I mean, it would be nuts. And here's Elijah. He has no issues. He comes on the scene. Talk about the audacity of the word. He said, it's not going to rain till I say so. (laughs) You know how many prophetic groups would be like, where's your apostolic covering? It's not going to rain. Who are you? Some hairy dude. And here he is. He just shows up. Drops his word. And it doesn't rain. And the whole nation is shifted because of one word. Can you imagine? Come on. You see, all well, we all want that word. Can you imagine living under that word if I could find Elijah? Three years, no rain, drought. How I mean, Elijah probably doesn't have too many friends? But it's amazing. The scene shifts, and all of a sudden, he says, Hey, there's about to be a showdown. And I love this about Elijah. Probably most of you love this story. It's one of the most, this would be the most epic movie. We see the prophets of Baal, 450 prophets of Baal show up against one dude. And I love what Elijah's like. He tells the nation of Israel. He says, the God who answers by fire, let it be God. And you know, the people are like, yeah, we like that. I would like that too. Can you imagine, you guys, the stage that was set in that one moment? Can I tell you something right now? I do not know one minister that has ever been on a stage like that in that moment. Can you imagine? You've got the national attention. Every single person is watching this meeting. The eyes of a nation are looking at what's about to happen. There has never been a bigger stage. 450 people against you and one guy. We know the story. Elijah gets up there. and Man, I like what you said. He puts on the biggest show. Some of us don't like, listen, that was a big show. Put some water on that. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Can you imagine the anticipation, the buildup? Even Elijah throws in some comic relief to the other guys. He's trash talking. Are you kidding? And all of a sudden, Elijah gets up and he calls down fire, and fire from heaven falls. See, I know a lot of people that call down fire, but it doesn't mean fire comes down. But fire falls. It's amazing. Can you imagine the moment, the euphoria? I'll tell you something about Elijah. He was just like us. He's probably like, oh my goodness, it worked. <laughs> Can you imagine? Put yourself in that. shit, just the euphoria, the excitement. All of a sudden, he's like, man, you know what we're going to do? We're about, some people are about to lose their life. 450 people. Can you imagine? Like, Think about this. Elijah goes on the rampage. He just blew up this meeting. You've never been in a bigger meeting. You learned something very valuable in this moment. He has one of the biggest breakthroughs in his whole life in his ministry. He's in the biggest event that is there. But yet, the nation has not changed. And we love this story and we preach this story and we get fired up about this story but we forget that the heart of a nation was still cold and we see the struggle of Elijah and I want you to turn with your Bibles really quickly because I've got a word for you today this is going to help us move from glory to glory how many want to go from a place of events to a place of encounters where we see a nation change because I'll tell you something right now a conference won't shift the nation. But you know what will shift the nation? Christians coming on fire for Jesus. And I want you to get something here. Look at this, 1 Kings 19. <laughs> Look at this. 1 Kings 19, verse 11. We see this, this massive fire comes down. Elijah's had this epic meeting. But in 1 Kings 19, it says Jezebel sends out messengers and says, Listen. I'm going to come after you and I'm going to kill you. And it freaks Elijah out. I'm thinking, dude, you just saw fire fall. But this one person says you're going to die and it freaks him out. Have you ever felt like you've given your best shot to something and it hasn't changed? Have you ever felt like you've tried everything that you can and it doesn't feel like things are shifting? And we see something with Elijah And you can see in 1 Kings 19, I I won't get into it, but he's processing the shifting of this massive event. And all of a sudden, he's now in a place where he wants to die. Let's be real, he's probably depressed. He's probably oppressed. He's thinking, man, what's going on? I'm the only one. Have you ever felt like that before? Have you ever felt like, you know what, God? I don't feel like anybody else is here. I'm the only one. I've been there. How many know that's a lie of the enemy? Because I realized something in this season. Just because you're on the biggest stage. I want you to get this. Ministry is not a right. We, we, we're struggling with this because we're, there's so much fighting for rights. This is my right. This is my right. This is my right. And we've taken that into the church. This pulpit's my right. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Ministry is not a right. It's a privilege. And we have a responsibility to the people and to the Lord to serve well. The moment you forget that this is a privilege is the moment that you will lose your right to minister. And we see something with Elijah. Because his whole life, he's been living alone. His whole life, he says it, I'm the only one. And I love this because we were talking about the shifting of seasons. How many know today is a very important day? In the Jewish New Year, it's Jewish New Year today. There's a shifting of the decade from the decade of vision to the decade of voice. And I want you to get something here because there's about to be a voice that's released. In 1 Kings 19 verse 11, it says this. This is the Lord speaking to Elijah. He had been, he went away into the caves. He's feeling depressed, discouraged. And it says in verse 11 that he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But look at this. But the Lord was not in the wind. I want you to get something else. This is an after the wind and earthquake. But the Lord was not in an earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. I want you to get this. Look at this. But the Lord was not in the fire. Friends, can I tell you something? You can have signs and wonders. You can pursue all these things. And we should go after the fullness. But can I tell you something? You can live a whole life of trying to perform things to try to validate who you are. And you can live your whole life in that place and not realize that the Lord wasn't in any of it. And friends, I refuse to live in a place where we go from meeting to meeting, from place to place, and, and we're preaching messages that are telling people, we just need to do the stuff. And we forget that unless the Lord's in the stuff, Jesus said this, that we are, come on somebody, how many you, <laughs> he's the vine, we're the branches. Apart from him, we can do nothing. And, I, and you see something interesting, because the Lord wasn't in the fire, but look what it says, and after the fire What does it say? A still small voice. Still small voice. I said this on the first night. Your voice carries your words. Two people can say the same thing, but it can feel different. Why? Because there's something about the voice. Friends, more than ever, you know what we need right now? is the still, small voice. We don't need the hype. We don't need the show. I'm telling you right now, you don't need more than ever. We need a word of the Lord. And here's the thing about Elijah. The truth is he knew this. He knew that still small voice because it goes on to say this. So it was when Elijah heard it, look at this, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of a cave and suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Can I tell you something, friends? I believe God's asking us the same question. What are you doing here? It's not a condemning question. It's a question of a father. Hey, Elijah, what's going on? Can you imagine the frustration of Elijah right now? He's just seen everything. How many know we have to be very careful that we don't assume how God's going to move? Can I tell you why the fire needs to fall right now? You know why the fire fell yesterday? I asked God, I said, God, I thought we were going to just fire. You know what the Lord said? The fire did fall. He said, it burned your assumptions of how you think I should move. See, we're looking for the spectacular that we miss the supernatural. We need to lay our assumptions on the altar and ask God for the fire to come. Because at the end of the day, I don't know about you, I don't want to live my whole life thinking I know what I need and live my whole life and put all my energy, resource, and everything into something that God wasn't even in in the first place. And we see this still small voice, and it's amazing because it goes on to say, Elijah just pours out his heart in 14, he says, and he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword, and look at this, and I alone and left, and they seek to take my life. Have you ever felt like you've been in a place where it's like, God, I feel like I'm doing everything. Nobody's doing anything. Just be real. I felt that. I'll be honest, sometimes when I used to live in the valley, you host conferences. I know what it takes to host conferences. Sometimes you feel like, God, what's going on? I feel like I'm the only one believing for revival. You know what God says? I love this the heart of the Father. Because we're not called to do this alone. Oh, I wish I would have learned this in my 20s. Save me of so much stuff. Man. Because you're not called to walk alone. And Elijah, the greatest prophet, at his time, had to learn something. How to be a part of family. And God corrects Elijah and says, whoa, 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 here's some things you're going to do. One of them is you're going to anoint Elisha to take your place. And by the way, just to let you know, you're not the only one. There's 7,000 that haven't bowed their knee. It was a heart check for Elijah, realizing, Elijah, listen, I know what you're going through, but the truth is this, there's a lot of other people that are going through stuff too. You just need eyes to see it. And here is the thing about Elijah. I believe his greatest ministry was not calling down fire. His greatest ministry was learning how to be a father. And so what does Elijah have to do? He has to anoint Elisha and he has to take him with him. Can you imagine putting yourself in Elijah's shoes? Here's this guy he does not know. And God says, you're going to anoint him and he's going to be the one that's going to take your place. Oh! With a guy that has been walking alone his whole life. Doing everything by himself. He has to learn, just like you and I, how to walk together. And I'll tell you something, relationship is always messy, always, but at the end of the day, it's always worth it. You know why? Because one can put a thousand, two can put 10,000. You're stronger together than you are separate. But Elijah had to learn this. And can you imagine, I, I put myself in his shoes. Can you imagine the conversation that he's probably having with God, this guy? Did you know that Elijah was the one that washed his hands? Elijah was kind of like the sidekick, the Robin to the Batman. Can you imagine the conversations? Because I know what I'd be thinking. And Elijah's, listen, he's like us. Can you imagine this guy? This guy's going to do it? And by the way, it does not say one time, not one time in the Bible, you cannot find in the Bible that Elijah told (laughs) Elisha that you were the guy. Doesn't say. Can't find it. Can I, can I tell you something right now? Some of us, we've got to stop looking for leaders to validate things in us. Oh, if the pastor would just tell me I'm a prophet. Stop it. You're missing the point. I don't meet with my family and I say, Hey, guys, I'm the evangelist. My dad would be like, who cares? <laughs> Sit down and eat. <laughs> See the delicateness of the situation. Israel is still in crisis. And the answer to the crisis is not a more anointed prophet. The answer to the crisis is two people walking together in relationship, understanding that they need each other. And we see this, and it keeps going through 1 Kings and into 2 Kings chapter 2, where Elijah is about to get taken up. And I'll tell you something. Why don't we, do we have a couple more minutes? Can I have 10 more minutes? Please, can I have 10? 10, okay. 2 Kings chapter 2. Look at this, really quickly. Ooh. I'm so excited. Look at this. 2 Kings 2. I'll be done in 10 minutes. Pray for me. Let's start in verse 9. Because I can guarantee you this. Elijah is just as nervous as Elisha. You know why? We look at 2 Kings chapter 2, and we call it the test of Elisha. But the truth is, there's actually two tests. There's the test of the son and the test of the father. Because the test of the father is this, has Elijah brought up Elisha the right way? So when the time comes for him to take over, will he actually be able to do it? And we're seeing here 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 9. I want you to get something. So they're going through this stage, and I'll I'll just paraphrase a little bit, 2 Kings 2 all the way up to verse 9. Is they're going to a place where Elijah's telling Elisha, listen, I'm about to go. You should stay here. What does Elisha say? I'm not leaving you. There's not a chance. Can I tell you something, friends, in this next season, we have to stop looking at other opportunities and say, ooh, that opportunity looks really good. I'm going to go over there. there There's a blessing in staying that we need in this season. There's a blessing in being like, you know what? No, no, no. That whole thing about the grass is greener on the other side, I'll tell you something right now, is a hill of beans. Because the truth is, if you go for the grass, you'll miss the treasure. And I like this because Elisha is like, I'm not leaving you. And Elijah gets to a place. He's like, listen, verse 9. And so it was when they crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? That's a money question. And Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit, say Spirit. Look at this. Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Now look at verse 10. So he said, you have asked a what? A hard thing. Why is it a hard thing? What he was asking for, Elijah Elijah couldn't give. Do you know there's certain things that you can't ask a man or woman of God to give, only the Father can give? He asked something that Elijah the man couldn't give, but he knew something. If Elisha could understand... The source in which, the thing that he was asking for, what the source was, he could get it. And this is why, I want you to get something, look at this. This is why it says, nevertheless, if you see me, when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. You know what Elijah's saying? Elisha, here's your test. Are your eyes going to wander for all the other stuff? Or are you going to keep your eyes on the prize? I don't know about you. How many want to have their eyes on the prize in this season? I'm not after the flashy lights. I'm not after all this stuff. How many want Jesus more than anything else? Give me Jesus. And I love this because it goes to say, and then it says, Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated. Say separated. Separated. Look at this, separated the two of them and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Verse 12, and Elisha saw it and cried out, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen, so he saw him no more and he took a hold of his own clothes and tore them into pieces. He said something interesting. He didn't say my prophet, my prophet. He said, my father, my father. He didn't say my apostle. He didn't say my king. My father, my father. I believe in that moment, there were two tests that were passed. The first test was the test for Elijah. Did Elijah learn how to father well? Do you know how you know if you're a good father? I'm not I'm not there yet. I want to be. I know the fruit of a good father is always in their kids and their spiritual kids. And I'll tell you something Brent, you're a good dad. You're a good dad. Sharon, you're a good mom. You know how I know that? I look at the fruit of your kids. And also I don't know you guys but I can tell you right now, you're good parents. Because I see it in the fruit of those that are around you. Your children are the most inner reflection of yourself. And I see this here. By the grace of God, every kid is is living for the Lord. And I'm not, hear me out. If your kids aren't living for the Lord, I'm not saying that you did a bad job. I'm not saying that. I want you to get this. I'm not saying that. But I will say this, though. There's something that happens. When I can look at whether it's your spiritual kids or I look at the fruit of your life, Jesus said this, you'll know the tree by its fruit. And we see here the test of Elijah. Was Elisha going to get caught up in all this stuff or was he going to have that relationship where literally Elijah was a father to Elisha? How do we know that was huge in heaven? How many remember Malachi chapter 4? What does it say in Malachi chapter 4? It talks about how God is sending the spirit of Elijah. What's the whole purpose of the spirit of Elijah? To turn the hearts of the sons to the father and the fathers to the sons. What was the greatest ministry of Elijah? It was that right there, the very thing that he sent back to do. It was all about family. And I believe Elisha passed his test because he said, my father, my father, twice. One, because I believe he understood his relationship with Elijah. The second, I believe, and this is me. I'm not saying this is, this is Sammy Robinson. This is the revelation I feel like I've received from the Lord. Is that the second time he had a revelation of the father that's in heaven. That he was the one that could only give what he asked for. And that's why the mantle came on Elisha? You know what's also interesting about this? Elisha anointed Jehu. And Jehu says he drove furiously. Look at Kevin. (laughs) And it says that Jehu called out Jezebel, and the eunuchs threw her out. You know what it says, though? It says, Jehu's horses. It says that he literally trampled over her. I mean, that's pretty gruesome. The horses. The eunuchs threw her out, and the horses finished the job. You know what I find fascinating? Here's something fascinating. This is just something to think about when you go home. When Elijah and Elisha were walking... It says that the horsemen, the chariots and the horses, it separated them. Elijah went up in the whirlwind. We know that the mantle was there. But you know what it also says it didn't leave? You can't, you can't find this recorded. It doesn't say that the chariot and the horses went up. Why am I saying this? I believe that when he passed the test of father to son, son to father, God didn't just give a mantle. He also gave a vehicle to destroy the enemy. And when the horses came down, guess who killed Jezebel? Jehu in his chariot with the horses. So there was, when Elisha said, they're the rider, the chariot, and the horses. Can I tell you what God was doing? He wasn't just giving a double portion mantle. He was giving a vehicle to destroy the enemy. So I'm going to end with this. More than now than ever, we need family. Friends, I'm going to tell you right now, we don't need people that can just prophesy and move in miracles. And I love all that stuff. and I think it's amazing. We do this all the time. But I'll tell you this. You know what we need right now? We need healthy family. Because you know what you'll do? When you're in family, you'll fight together. When you're in family, when you're in healthy family, you know what you'll do? You'll say, you know what? I'm gonna be in the trenches with my brother and sister. Listen, your fight's my fight, my fight's your fight. I'm gonna celebrate victory with you. I'm gonna celebrate, listen, I'm gonna celebrate the breakthrough because when you have breakthrough, I have breakthrough. When I have breakthrough, you have breakthrough. And it's time to put differences aside. It's time to put a fence aside. It's time to put our ministries aside. And it's time to come together and be the voice. Because a voice by yourself won't change a nation. You can see that with Elijah. Elijah. Thank you for joining us on Heaven FM 777. (laughs) We'd like to thank you. We need your voice. We need your voice. And you have a voice. Some of you, you've been under attack and the devil's trying to squelch your voice, trying to silence that voice, trying to tell you you can't do it, you're not going to make it, your kids aren't going to serve the Lord. I I got a word for you, there's another voice that's louder than any voice that's in the world that tries to tell you you can't make it, that tries to tell you your kids aren't going to serve the Lord, you won't be able, there's another voice. It's the same voice that echoed out of heaven when Jesus came out of the water. There was a voice that said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. There's a voice that God is raising up a family that is louder than any voice of torment. That's louder than any voice of depression. That's louder than any voice of suicide. There is a voice. And you are that voice. We can't do it alone. I know, I know trusting people can be hard and relationships can be scary and sometimes we come to church and it feels like high school all over again. I know that maybe people have hurt us and maybe there's been things said about us and I know it sucks. But I'm going to tell you right now, you cannot afford to be alone in this season. It's not God's best for you. And you're not alone. And whatever you're going through, I'm here to tell you something. Even if you're not believing for it, I'm believing it for you today. And there's other people here that are believing with you. It's time to come together. together. It's called to believe in the best in each other. It's called to say, I don't want to be alone anymore. I'm I'm, I'm tired of trying to do it myself. I can't do it. Adam, in the midst of perfection, he was brought to the garden in the midst of perfection. God said, it's not good for man to be alone. You're not called to be alone. We got to stop running. We got to stop hiding, even though it's hard. Even just maybe right here right here something can start here that God is birthing a family right here in the and I'm talking in the Fraser Valley in Vancouver you guys that is going to be a sign in a wonderful Canada if it's going to happen somewhere where people are going to come together why not here why not now why not with you and I want to do something I want to do something as a prophetic act and say you know what I want to be a part of this family. I want to be in. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of being alone. If that's you this morning, I want you to stand up right now. God, I'm putting myself, I'm saying I'm a part of family. I'm making a decision. I'm making a decision to step into family, whatever that looks like. And I'm not saying we have the answers. I don't know the answers. I'll say this. When you commit to walking together, (sighs) I remember the road to Emmaus. When they were walking, Jesus came. (laughs) He started talking to them. They had no idea. They had no idea. But I find it fascinating. It wasn't until they said to Jesus, hey, hey, come with me with us. Let's, let's have food together. Don't leave us. Let's, let's get together just a little bit longer. And it wasn't until they were in a place of fellowship that Jesus revealed who he was. Oh! know what's going to happen in this next season you're going to have fellowship with each other you're going to start talking together and all of a sudden you're going to realize that jesus is in your midst you're going to start to realize that it's a new season there's new strategy that's coming to you it's coming different than what you thought but it's going to be birthed in the place of family oh because i believe the next time i come back here going to see something that we've never seen before. And I'm not just talking revival in our pulpits. I'm talking revival in our families, in our health, in our finances. Starting right now. So why don't we do something as a family? Let's just lift up our hands. I feel like praying the prayer of Jehoshaphat. Lord, we don't know what to do. (laughs) God, you see every person in this place. And their desire, Lord, to be a part of something that's bigger than themselves. And the truth is, (laughs) Jesus, this has always been your heart. You said this, Jesus. You said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You lived your whole life in family. You lived your whole life in communion. And you've given us this ability this morning to step into family, a family <laughs> that is so amazing. Nothing like it. And we have a father that sees things in us we can't even see it ourselves. And we have brothers and sisters here today that I believe that we're not just gonna be friends on Sunday, but God, we're gonna be friends for life, and we're gonna be friends for eternity. That God, we're not gonna live for ourselves, but God, we're gonna see something transpire. Lord, let heaven invade earth, let the family of heaven invade this place in Jesus' name. God, here we are. We might not know, we might not know what it looks like. But we say yes to the process of family. We say yes, God, we don't want to be alone. Lord, let us walk as sons and daughters and let us walk as mothers and fathers. (laughs) Come on. And grandparents and great-grandparents. Come on, somebody. There's a family that God is raising up that I believe we are going to see generational revival generational revival let it happen here in this place and everybody said amen come on can we give the Lord a shout of praise Jesus stepping into a whole new decade and it's starting off right. God is good. Again, it's my pleasure to serve you this morning. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for believing the best is yet to come. And I know that I know that I know this region Oh. This region is coming into a God awakening like we've never seen. And you and I are a part of it. And the fun's just beginning. Amen? Amen. Thank you very much.